we're on a mission to help women get healthy for good. Join me each week for a new episode that'll help you sustain healthy habits and nourish your body so you can flourish in life. When it comes to nutrition, does it feel like you know what to do, you're just not doing it? Or maybe you find yourself stuck in this annoying all or nothing cycle. If it sounds like I'm reading your diary, well, that was my diary for a while too. And it's also the story of the thousands of women I've personally coached. That's why I created Flourish, the nutrition and body image support app made for women. If you recognize that diets don't work, but just not dieting isn't helping you feel your best either, download Flourish today. Your first live session with one of our credentialed nutrition and psychology experts is totally free, no credit card required. From there, you'll continue your journey with personalized accountability and support so that once you graduate from Flourish, you'll never need another nutrition program again. So head to the show notes and download Flourish for iOS or Android today. You're listening to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Siegel, registered dietitian, founder of Nutritional Freedom, and total stationary nerd who's sharing episodes each week to help you ditch diets and get healthy for good. We'll dive into what really works when it comes to creating sustainable nutrition and health habits, ways to improve your body image, and how all of this helps you live a life that's in alignment with your values. Because that's what really matters, right? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. Today's episode is extra special, another one of our body of work interviews. This time, I am joined by Jill McNutt, who is a Foundations graduate and current Nutritional Freedom member. I am just so honored to get to bear witness to Jill's transformation, as you're going to hear about in this interview. And I just have to commend her for bravely and vulnerably sharing her story. So with that, sit back, relax, go on a walk, go on a drive, however it is that you want to tune in to this extra special interview, and I'll see you on the other side. All right. Thank you all so much for being here. Welcome back to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. As I mentioned, today is a very special episode. I am joined here by Jill McNutt. So Jill is going to be one of our very first body of work guests. And so with that, Jill, I'll just have you uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about you, your background, your intersectional identities, how you show up in this world in your body. Claire, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just preface by saying this is my first podcast and this is my first time speaking the story of my body. And so I'm an expert in my body, but speaking it out loud is new to me. So I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm so excited to be here. And I also am a podcast listener of yours. Um, so I'm a big fan. Um, so Thank a little you. bit, yeah, of course. So a little bit about me. I am a 30 year old female. I currently live in San Diego, California, though I've lived much of my adult life in Los Angeles. I also would like to say and acknowledge that I am a white female and I am certainly a body that has thin privilege. 
And I'm spending some time accepting that and accepting that this is the body I've been given. So I'm only able to speak to my personal experience uh, in this body, but I'm really excited to be a part of a conversation that is a little bit more encompassing. So I'll share a little bit of my background. I am a dancer. Um, I actually don't really consider myself much of a dancer anymore. Um, I'm now an aerialist, but I come from a dance background. I'll touch real quickly on what an aerialist is, also known as a circus artist. Sometimes I say that phrase to people and they look at me like I'm crazy and they have no idea what it is. So the easiest way to I kind of describe it is I tell people to envision those people that hang from the ceiling on ribbons. People tend to call them ribbons, though that's not what they're called. What are they uh, called? They're called aerial silks oh. or aerial fabric or aerial tissue. So many names. So yeah, I'm a silks artist, um, but primarily come from a dance background. And I started dancing at the age of four years old. Um, so tell me kind of your body story. I know that's like a big, big question, but I want to know your body story. Like when you first remember even becoming aware that you had a body, I feel like as women and, and I guess as young girls, we all have that moment that we realize we we are in a physical body. Um, and and to the extent that you're you're open to sharing like the maybe the high and low points along that journey. Absolutely, I would be happy to share that. I also would like to say this is going to come up. So I want to mention that I am a Nutritional Foundations client and Ooh. when you asked this question towards the beginning of the program, it was hard for me to think back of when I really started having stories about my body. I remember being a very young girl in tights and a leotard in a mirror next to many other young girls and just always visually seeing that. But I don't quite remember like the moment when it all shifted or when it suddenly became like harder for me or when I felt different in my body than others. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big moments that I, I think back on was in high school. And I think high school is a really tough time because we all just want to be accepted. We're just trying to fit in with everyone else. And I went to a performing arts high school. So that involved me doing like English class and then math class. And then I'd go to the locker room and put on my leotard and tights and I'd go to dance class. So I remember one specific time in high school our dance teacher was going around the room and they decided they were going to tell all of us what types of bodies we had and what realm of dance it fit into. Wow. Yeah. And I I think the intent of it was to maybe be like realistic or to tell us like your body is naturally inclined towards this type of movement. So this would be the realm you should focus on potentially. But, you know, being a teenager in high school, I certainly did not interpret what they said about my body that way. So as they went around the room, they kind of said, oh, like you have really long lines. You're like tall and have long legs. That seems like you'd be a great in a great disposition to do ballet and then would move on to the next body. And they would say, you are a little bit shorter in stature. You're energy is more low to the ground. So maybe jazz dance or modern dance would be a better avenue for you. And they went all the way around the room talking about everyone. And they got to me. And I thought, I'm I'm a little short. I'm like 5'2". I thought I was going to get the jazz answer one, which would have been 
acceptable to me at the time. Um, but they said, well, you have the body of a swimmer because you have a lot of fat. <laughs> wow. And I just kind of brushed it off. You know, what are you going to do? And it just was kind of a joke, but internally it was really tough <laughs> to Absolutely. watch all these people be told like, you naturally have a disposition towards this kind of dance. Oh, mm -hmm. but you, you have a lot of fat. And how long had you been dancing at that time? Probably 11, 12 years. Isn't that, I mean, we just have to pause for a moment and think about it. Like this, you know, random teacher saying, hey, I know this thing that you've been working at for the last decade or more of your life yeah. that you're probably quite skilled at and quite talented in. But sorry, you don't have the body type for it. And and how I'm just I'm just imagining how othering that felt in that moment, especially you know, literally within a public place uh, amongst your peers. I can only imagine how painful that must have felt. Absolutely, it was really painful, and I never spoke about it because you know, being in high school, you're like, okay, well, the adults are saying this, so that's what it means, and it is what it is. So that in high school is when I really started having those first thoughts of my body is different. If I want to dance, I need to change my body and I can't eat like how other people eat if I choose, you know, this career path. So having that thought at such a young age, just, it was so instilled in me that I just took that thought with me everywhere and I just knew like I had to change my body if I want to dance. Mm -hmm. And looking back now, I also in high school was a vegetarian for a year or two. And I think that that was my first form of restriction. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that until this program that I've been doing with you. And mm -hmm. now, you know, all the work we've been doing, I'm able to look back and see these things and just see them so clearly. Like I I knew that I couldn't eat how other people ate and I knew nothing about health at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't come from a family that was super health centric. It was just kind of like normal, like eat your vegetables, move on. But other than that, there was no health knowledge. So I thought if I'm a vegetarian, then I'll be more healthy. And I remember outwardly you know, being like, I'm a vegetarian, I'm a vegetarian, I'm not going to eat that. And it allowed me to have this extra layer of like saying no to foods that other people were eating. And I'm also going to admit something that I've never said out loud before. Ooh, an exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. Um, I also would sneak into the kitchen at night and get like the little lunch meat, like turkey lunch meat Wow. and eat it. And so that right there is just like straight up restrict and then I wanted it so bad that I went and I snuck the food. The deli turkey. The deli turkey. <laughs> it's so funny thinking back, but at the time, it there was shame all the way back Absolutely. in high school. Absolutely. I know we're, we're joking about it now, but yes, yeah, that absolutely. of course that, I mean, we, we see this in, you know, clients and women that we work with all the time, like those, those symptoms of sneaking food of, you know, yeah, typically anything that you binge or restrict yourself from, you create this forbidden fruit kind of relationship with it. And even if it is something sort of as, 
I don't know, unsexy. I have to say deli turkey is probably the least sexy food of all time. And yet it still had like some, some sort of like pull on you because you had, you know, kind of deemed it as off limits because you, you know, whether it was consciously or subconsciously, the effect that you thought it would have on, on your body because of these ideas that you had instilled in you by not, not just another person. I, I think it's worth pointing out, not just another person, but sort of a, a superior. Right, a, a teacher, an an older person, someone who was doing work in the in your ultimate, you know, desired career path. You know, that's like a real, probably not intentional on on their part, but that is a real kind of um, like power dynamic at, at play. That you know, and especially at the age you were at, you're so susceptible to those types of messages from those types of figures. Absolutely true. I. I mean, they could have said, like, you have to jump off a mountain to be a dancer. I would have jumped off the mountain to be a dancer. Like, it was all that I wanted. So no matter what the obstacle was or the thing I had to do to get there, I was going to do it. So if that meant I I needed to take every measure to change my body, it is what it is. I'm going to do it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that's what's always so interesting when we go around the room. It's, um, you know, one of our our favorite group calls in our programs is to, to share body stories. It's amazing how young this starts, you know, for, for women and girls, you know, whether it's high school, middle school, elementary school, sometimes even. And for, for me, it's just such an affirmation that the points aren't going to work. The calorie counting isn't going to work. The red, yellow, green light foods aren't going to work because we have to go a lot deeper than that to really understand where these, these diet mentalities and diet behaviors are are rooted. It doesn't start really with the food. We have to go much deeper than that. Absolutely. It's so true. Moving along into that, um, I moved to Los Angeles. I started going to auditions. That was really fun being in a room full of hundreds of girls, all of us in two pieces. And I had one audition experience that kind of impacted heavily my life for the next four, five, six, I don't know how long. The goal in dance has always been to get paid to dance and to travel. And so I started going to cruise line auditions and I went to one when I was about 22 and I was so excited to be there and just in the room and like have the chance to get that job. And I remember being pulled aside by one of the casting directors that worked for the cruise line and he pulled me to the side of the room um, everyone was still in there. It wasn't like everyone stopped and was watching us, but we were in a large room and they pulled me aside. And he said to me, I really want to hire you based off your dancing, but I can't hire you because of your body. And I wanted to do you a favor by telling you this um, so that you can work on it because you have the talent. And that moment was rough. My heart breaks just thinking about that. Yeah. For you. I'm in such a different space now, but thinking back to the me in that moment, mm-hmm. my heart breaks for that too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to send a lot of compassion to that that younger yeah. version of, yeah. of yourself. Just feeling like so close to getting to the dream and then being told you have all the skills to do it, but you can't because of the body that you're in. Mm-hmm. 
was really tough. And so Mm -hmm. after that moment, I went all gung ho. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to change what I look like because like the thought I had back in high school, like I'll do whatever it takes to get there. And so I did. I just restricted. I don't even think I had a particular diet I went to at this time. At this point, I just knew like if I eat vegetables and I don't eat bread and I don't eat ice cream, then it's it's going to work. And so mm-hmm. I did that for a really long time and I did start to lose the weight mm-hmm. and then came all of the praises <laughs> for the yeah. weight loss, which just validated what I'm doing is working and you know, it's okay. I don't need to eat bread. I just won't ever eat bread again, but I'll live my dreams. And I thought it was okay. Yeah. So continuing in that mind frame, I continued auditioning for cruise lines and I auditioned for this one cruise line twice. They saw me one time and then I went back and auditioned again. They saw me the second time. Mm -hmm. The second time the audition went really well. And after the audition, they asked me to stay so they could take pictures um, of my body as they do at auditions. They take pictures of you from the front and then you turn to the side. They take a picture of you from the side, turn to the other side. They take a picture of you from the other side. And as she was taking this picture, she said, wow, I noticed that you've lost a lot of weight from the last time we've seen you. And I was like, yeah, I have. It's so exciting. Look at all this validation I'm getting. Yeah. I'm getting all the things I ever wanted and now maybe I'll get this job. And so I thought, I just thought it all was working and no one needed to know that I was struggling on the inside Mm -hmm. because from the outside, it was all working. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a week or two, I got the job. It was really exciting. And I just went on with my dandy life and I went on the cruise and there was always binging throughout all of this as there usually is with restricting. Mm -hmm. Um, I would be healthy, you know, up until an audition date and then, or up until a show date, whatever that moving target was, Mm -hmm. as long as there was a target and something to be like thin for, I was fine. I'd be like, just make it through this date, just make it through this show. And then after the show would be the binge eating or the Mm -hmm. celebrating um, with all the food. And that went on for quite a long time. I'm curious, did you, because you were in a presumably like a group of dancers, Mm -hmm. did y'all talk about this stuff? We did at times, but I never, it, it was more of a joke. I actually have a funny story about this. So being a performer on a cruise ship, um, we get like reviews from people that are there. So if you go on a cruise at the end of your cruise, they'll give you like a little sheet and fill out like your experience. And one area of the sheet will be like, what were your thoughts on um, the performers or what are your thoughts on like the dancers on the ship? And you kind of do like a review of the entertainment and we would get those reviews back and we would get to read them. So, I mean, being on a cruise ship, it's so much fun. Of course, you're drinking a lot. Of course, you're eating a lot. The whole cast collectively gained a little bit of weight throughout Mm -hmm. the journey. And our costumes started to not fit at times. And so we would talk about it in that sense of like, oh my God, my costume barely zips up. Like, ha 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 ha. And it, it just wasn't taken very seriously. And then we would get those comments. And our favorite one from 
some person that came on the cruise, they said the shows were great. The cast was awesome and they were talented, just fat. Oh my <laughs> and God. It's so it's funny now at the time. Well, at the time it was funny because we were laughing about it as a group, but I went back to my room and I thought about it and I was like, this really sucks. Yeah. But they just had expectations of what we should look like being performers. Absolutely. And I remember when you and I had, I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit, we'll come back to where we are in the story, but I remember when you and I had our call when you were coming into nutritional freedom, we had never worked with someone whose body is like so directly tied to their work. You know, I think we all have experiences. In fact, I've done an episode um, here on the podcast about being judged or fearing being judged in, in most cases, um, fearing being judged about your body at work. But you have like very real experiences and, and your body is so much part of what you do in your work. I mean, it's, it's really on display in a way that, you know, most of us who work like office jobs don't experience. And, and I remember feeling like, you know, when you and I spoke, I was like, man, I can tell that she would benefit so much from this experience because, you know, we had talked about how it wasn't really something that, you know, your, your fellow industry people were, were talking about. And I knew just the community and all these different aspects of, of the experience was going to enrich, you know, your life so much. But I had this concern. I was like, I don't know if, you know, she'll be able to, to break through that, that fear, you know, that very real fear of like, what, you know, what may happen to my body and what may happen to the way I am perceived in my work if I, you know, pursue this path of, of nutritional freedom. So that was just, even for, for me working with, with someone like you was, was a first and, and, uh, it's just been so amazing to watch you really overcome and, and I should say confront and overcome a lot of those, those things that you've gone through. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad that you bring that up. And I was actually nervous about the program and really just speaking to this because it it is so different from others where they don't their body isn't a part of like their day-to-day job. And because of that, I had all of these rules and just like exceptions of why my story had to be different and why I had to look a certain way. And it like armored up all these things that I made true that weren't really true. And I used those things as an excuse of like why I had to do them. Mm. And as we started talking through these things in the program, something that really stood out was all the pillars of health. Yeah. And in in my performance world, I there's many pillars of what a good performer is. And I got so stuck in just one of what my body looks like that I forgot about my performance or my training. And it's so much more than that. And when you think about dance or art, it's it's supposed to be an expression and it can be joyful or or whatever the art is supposed to express. And it's not so much about that body that's doing it, uh-huh. And I put all the emphasis and the value just on the body and what it looked like. And I forgot about all the other pillars of health and all the other pillars of a good performer. And it's really about being all of those things. It's not about what my body looks like that day. Yeah. That is so fascinating. That I, I love that. And, and it's I mean, you can probably trace it back to like that moment in high school being told that 
Yeah. You look like a swimmer, not a dancer, despite the fact that you've been dancing for over a decade, right? That, that you are not, you know, there's all of us and then there's you, the swimmer in the dance class, which, right. you know, it just, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff that we really carry it, um, we carry it with us through life. Yeah. hundred percent. So, okay. So you, you know, you got on the cruise ship and you were, you know, doing all these things and, and you get that review from the person on the ship. Goodness gracious. Um, I'm curious, what were, I guess, the steps or what was maybe like the breaking point? What ultimately made you decide to apply to nutritional freedom and, and like completely change the way that you're thinking about nutrition and your body? Yeah. Um, so after the cruise ship, when I was back on land, I found Whole30. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch on that because it's a huge yeah. part of my journey. Um, I found Whole30 and I grabbed onto that saying of, it's not a diet, it's a reset. And I was like, great, it's not a diet. I'm going to do this Whole30. So I did the Whole30 for 30 days, went great, hit day 31, didn't know what to do. So I was like, I'm going to stay on a Whole30 forever. That's just what I'm going to do now. It worked really well for me. I lost the weight. I feel good. I'm going to stick to this forever. So that I ran into a lot of issues because as soon as I went on a date or went to a party, I was like, ooh, what am I going to do? There's alcohol and there's cake. And so then I would binge on those things. And I remember one time I went on a, on a first date and I was on a Whole30 and he took me to go ice skating. Um, because I told him I'm on a whole 30. I can't eat much. Very kindly. He was like, I'll take you ice skating. I was like, great. So then we went to go ice skating and then we went to a coffee shop after and he got dessert and he got like a donut. And I just sat there on the date and I watched him eating this donut. And I was like this, I cannot live my life like this. Like it's just not going to work. So I had enough of those. And let me be clear. That was not like a quick realization. This was probably yeah. like two to th- two to three years of me trying to follow rules, on and off yeah. rules or yes, no rules, all of that. And it was so heavy. And at this point, I was mainly in circus. And I certainly was not talking about this with my friends. We were not talking about our bodies and how we felt in them and the pressures we felt. And I had a very good friend one day come to me and say, I'm going to do the, this F45 diet. And I, I looked at it. They have like a, a meal prep thing. Or Wait, F45 or F-factor? Um, F45. Oh, okay. I was thinking, I don't know if you know this. F-factor uh-huh. is like blowing oh, I, up in the media right yes, now. I do know F-factor, yes. Okay, not F-factor, <laughs> something no. else. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my very close friend came to me and she said, look, I'm going to do this diet. I'm working out at F45 and they also have all these recipes um, that you're supposed to follow. And I looked at it and it was so minimal. It was like, eat some chicken with carrots. And I'd been on this journey so long. I just looked at that and I said, how can you go on this diet? Like, what about your relationship with food? And she just kind of said, well, what do you mean? Like, this is just normal. Like, I don't need to have a a better relationship with my body. Like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to look great. So that's what really matters. Yeah. And I just was so sad because I knew that I I couldn't keep doing that, but I didn't know another way. Uh Uh-huh. And so that was when I started 
like Googling, really just Googling, looking on social media, trying to find like, what do I do? Like, I feel lost. I hate my body. I'm stuck in this restricting binging cycle. I remember Googling like symptoms of eating disorders or disordered eating. And I would read the list and I would have basically all of them. And I'd be like, well, that can't be me because my body looks like this. And I thought because I was in a thinner body, my experience would be invalidated and no one would believe what I was saying. And I didn't speak up about it for a really long time. And then I remember seeing something on the internet and it said, you know, disordered eating is a mental like game. It's not about what you look like. It comes from your mind. Yeah. And that was when I, I started reaching out and I started by following you on Instagram along with other dietitians. And I knew dietitians really know what they're talking about. So I'm going to follow some of those people. And it just, it felt so heavy to take it on by myself anymore. And so I figured, why don't I reach out? Yeah. So that's how I found you. And I am, I mean, I can't say enough things about this program. It has (laughs) changed my life, Claire. It's changed my my life. Oh my God. I, I mean, I, I, I know it has because I've literally seen it happen. It's really yeah. the, the coolest thing ever. And I mean, part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast and for so many reasons, y'all, like you can just tell Jill is like an absolute light. She's so much fun. She's she's such a great asset to, to this community. She's always Thank sharing you. and growing. Um, but also, I mean, just such an interesting story that, that you have um, of, you know, being in a smaller body of having your body be such a huge part of your career, I would imagine, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I would imagine that most people look at you, you're a dancer, you're out there, you're in this body. Most people would look at you and think that you've got it all figured out, right? That you are super healthy, that you're super confident. And a lot of that, you know, at various points throughout your journey was, was not true because of maybe not even necessarily, you know, to some extent, perhaps what you were eating, but also a lot of what was going on in your head to, to your point that, you know, when it comes to our, our struggles with food and body image, there is no one look, of course, there is no one body size or body type that is indicative of a, a, of a dieter, of someone with an eating disorder, someone who, who, you know, experiences disordered eating, um, of someone who has a less than optimal, you know, relationship with food. Like there, you cannot know that by looking at someone and, and you certainly can't tell their, their health status, you know, by, by looking at them, them either. And so I just, you know, you offer such a unique perspective, um, because I think you've, you've probably been judged and misjudged many times throughout your experience of, of being in your body. I know we've, we've spoken about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the reason I never said anything for so long was because I knew people were looking at me and saying, I, w- I would want to be in a body like that. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I saw something on social media and it was something along the lines of like, think about the person that you want to look like or that you're aspiring to look like. And then think about who they're probably aspiring to look like. It's always a moving target. And yeah we look at these other people outside of us and we want those things and we never see them within ourselves, mm-hmm. but other people can be looking to us for those things. Yeah. And it's just, it's really 
a mind trick. It's so confusing. So when I when I did join NF, I decided to share my process a little bit more publicly because I know that if I have felt this way for all these years, I know there are people that also feel the same way. And it's just so important to talk about it. And I hope that I can inspire anyone who's sitting there thinking like, I don't have the strength to talk about it. You can. Mm -hmm. And whatever your experience it is, it's totally valid and you're not alone. And one time after our call, I posted like an Instagram story and I said something along the lines of just got off a call um, crying about like body comparison. Mm -hmm. And within an hour, I got a message from a close friend kind of saying, I don't understand. You don't have anything to cry about. Like, look at the body you're in. Like, this is all self-inflicted. Like you created all of these stories yourself and just kind of invalidating my experience. And I had a really, really strong emotional reaction to that. And I sort of just let the emotion happen for a little bit. And then I went into my journal and I wrote out a little model. And if you've listened to Claire's podcast, (laughs) I think we've done one about the model. We talked about it. Yep. Revisit that. It's incredibly helpful. And through that tool, I could see that, you know, that person saying that to me was a reflection of their own thoughts and opinions. And I have to let go of the idea that I can control everyone else's thoughts and opinions. And I know that what I'm saying feels true to me. And at the end of the day, that's all I can really do. And the other thing I'll say to that is, in the program, a lot of times I would hear others saying like worrying about weight loss and saying, well, if I lose all the weight, like then I'll feel better. Or mm-hmm. And that really gets under my skin because I did that and I lost the weight and none of these thoughts went away. The restricting and the binging was still there. The hating my body was still there. It doesn't go away unless yeah. you actually deal with it in your brain first. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and that, I mean, we, we've spoken about this too. Like you can be someone in a smaller body and recognize your thin privilege, right. And recognize the, the struggles that, that you will not have to go through, you know, because of, as a result of your thin privilege, but that does not mean that the struggles that you've had in your body are any less valid or or you know less painful like they still happened to you and they were still very real and very painful and had a very long lasting effect on you and that is why we need to have com- more conversations like this so that instead of when you're in a room of women you're sizing yourself up to to one another comparing yourself rather you just look around the room of women and say man we all got you know we we're all in this system this culture of this fat phobic culture, this culture that is, you know, steeped in the thin ideal and in white supremacy and all of these things. So rather than weaponize ourselves against each other, let's instead have an immense amount of empathy and seek to understand each other rather than, you know, use ourselves or our images against one another. And and that's, I mean, really and truly a, a huge part of why I wanted to have you on the show because I knew you had just such a, a you know, rich um, set of stories and such a rich experience of being in in your body. Thank you, Claire. That's so kind. And I so much agree. And I just think 
if we all were to speak about these things with each other, we would all realize that we are not alone at all. And so many people have so many of the same stories and the same thoughts. And as soon as you start talking about them, it really does take so much of its power away. Not to go on like a Brene Brown kick. Do it. But (laughs) this is the place. This is the time. But she's just so right when she says, as soon as you start giving the shame a voice, it's less heavy and it doesn't weigh on you anymore. Yeah. And I I used to question that. I was like, I don't know. I don't know about that, Brene Brown. (laughs) But as soon as me personally, as soon as I gave it a voice, I mean, almost almost instantly, it lost its power. That's so amazing. It is amazing. I love it. Okay, so to close us out, my my final question for you is: How do you feel in your body today? What are your your thoughts and feelings? Kind of where where are you at with the the recognition that you know you're still in process? Absolutely, that is such a good question. And I will start by saying that every day is drastically different. <laughs> I feel it's that. so different. It's such a journey. And when I started, I used to think like there was a start and then there was an end, and I could check the box and be like, "Great, we're fine." Moving on. Um, It is not so clean and tidy and linear, Um, but it's it's a little less dramatic these days. So I really, throughout the program, took the time to go back in these stories and really rewrite them and take away some of the power and just change them. And so today, I know that I have so much more worth than my body. I know that when I'm on a stage, I have way more to offer than Mm. what my body looks like that day. I definitely still have bad body image days. I have days where I wake up and, you know, maybe I didn't get enough sleep, whatever the reason, maybe there's a lot going on, or maybe I just don't feel great in that, in my body that day. And I now know that that's going to happen and that it's normal. And it's okay. And it doesn't have to mean all these things about me. And I just accept it. And I I realize that this is what we're doing today. And I don't let it have so much power over how I'm feeling. Yeah. And then I also have days where I enjoy what I look like. And even at first, that was hard. And I would judge myself for that. Mm. And it just goes to show that like, there's no winning. It's so difficult (laughs) to navigate. It's so difficult, you know? Yep. That is so true. We talk about that in the program all the time. Like the goal of the program is not actually to make you any happier as as, like, that does not sound great, but it's true. Like life is actually just going to be hard. And no matter what your body looks like, there are going to be days that you still have bad body image days. Kim Kardashian, my favorite reference still has bad body image days. So instead, like, let's just learn how to, how to deal with these things, how to manage them, how to treat ourselves with respect, no matter what. Absolutely. I mean, what, what a dream to just be able to respect our, ourself, no matter what else is going on. I know. It's a beautiful baseline. It really is. I love it. Well, anything else that you want to share before we, we close out for today? I want to share one last thing. Okay. Um, I will tell everyone that we are in the last week of our foundation's journey, which is very sad, but we've been spending, or you sent an email that told us to kind of look back through our journey a little mm-hmm. bit. And so this weekend I looked over it and 
I had a list of self-limiting beliefs, which was one of our assignments. Actually, I've done this many times where you just write (laughs) self-limiting beliefs about this at the top. You write out all these things. So I was looking through it. And one that I found on July 29th said, I'm not strong enough to share my struggles about my body. What? Yeah. And what is it? Not even two months later, here we are. Turns out that belief was definitely not true. Not at all. Not at all. And yeah, it just goes to show that we're going to think all these things about ourselves and they may not even be true. A hundred percent. That is so cool, Jill. Thank man. I did not know you were going to bring that out from the archives. Yeah, throwing it back. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so cool. How spot on. We did, the podcast, oh no, the podcast existed back then, but still, we the, this series did not exist back then. Totally. So who, who knew? And you've done, I mean, such a beautiful job of sharing your story within our little community on social media and, and now on the podcast. So thank you so much for, for being so vulnerable and brave and, and, you know, getting to use like some of those painful experiences, getting to, to give them meaning by, you know, not only, uh, you know, lifting the shame from yourself, but also sharing them with others who, who may be able to, to benefit from that experience as well. Thank you, Claire. That's so sweet. I'm so excited. I know this is only the beginning and I am actually starting my path to become a registered dietitian so that we can talk about this more. So I love it. We'll have to have you back only on. The beginning. Yes, Amazing. one day. And I All also right. have to thank you so much. I would not be here if it was not for you and this program you created, an army of women that are incredible. <laughs> so seriously, thank you so oh much. Thank you, Jill. Oh my gosh. That was incredible. <laughs> the part at the end, the journal entry, how she wrote down that she, you know, she didn't think she had the strength to share her story and then not only did she share it within the intimate nutritional freedom community, but she also shared it with all of you. That is, I mean, that is just such a testament to Jill as a human, how incredible she is and also the amazing transformation that she's gone through. So if Jill inspired you and you want some support as you do the work to ditch diets and get healthy for good, I would love to invite you into the Nutritional Freedom Membership. We combine coaching, community, and curriculum to help our members experience lasting transformation. So enrollment is open for just a couple more days until 11.59 p.m. Central Time on November 20th, and you can head to the link down below to get started with your membership. I hope to see you there. 